When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. In today's podcast, we have such an interesting guest. Alison Stoner remembers exactly how it felt when it all became too much. Stoner, who was then the best known as the little girl busting a move in Miss Elliot's Work It video and for playing one of Steve Martin's younger daughters in 2003's Cheaper by the Dozen. She checked into rehab to treat an eating disorder shortly after. She was just 17. At 27, Stoner has had time to look back on the experience of stardom at a young age and how it affected her. She didn't like much of what she found. Now Alison has made it her mission to advocate for children working in the industry. She spoke about the problems and potential solutions to what she's called the toddlers to train wreck industrial complex. In today's podcast, we really get into the danger of children being put under pressure in any industry, whether it's the entertainment industry, education, sports, the impact on their lives, the changes in their brain, and how to manage this and how to de-escalate these situations. So it's really we're advocating to try and understand how to help children and the pressure that children are under. Just a reminder... These podcasts are for educational purposes only and are not medical advice. If you need medical advice, please see the appropriate medical professional. And if you haven't yet picked up a copy of my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, do so now. It's available everywhere where books are sold, including our site at drleaf.com. And now on to today's episode. Alison, what an honor and a privilege to meet you, to talk to you, and to hear your amazing story. So welcome to my podcast today. Thank you so much. It's truly mutual and honored to be here as well. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm a great fan of yours. I watched you when you were a little girl and in all the different movies you've done, and you've got such a phenomenal story. Would you mind sharing your story with the audience? Yes, sure. I began working in entertainment at six years old, and... It was a full-time job. You could say it was a combination of training and learning about the craft, also embarking on the industry side of things. So meeting with agencies and having representatives and going on, you know, these auditions. And it was a very preoccupying and all-consuming endeavor that ended up uprooting my entire family from Toledo, Ohio, all the way to the other side of the country to Los Angeles. And, you know, there's a a mixed way of interpreting this because in many ways, I was very, very fortunate to have experienced quite a significant amount of success early on. You could call it beginner's luck. You could call it really great mentorship from my teachers. But there's also the flip side, which is the psychological impact, the developmental impact uh, when you're removed from normal socialization and when you're no longer in academic settings and you're you're learning a lot of different patterns that deeply embed themselves and 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 give you a sense of reality that's quite skewed from, you know, the quote unquote normal. So it's been a multi-layered experience, but it's the story that I have to work with. So here we are turning turning everything we can into something purposeful. 
I love that. And you've become a huge mental health advocate. And just before we began, you made a very interesting comment about helping others, but in two different states. One where you're still processing through and one where you've sort of processed through and now you're moving into that other side. Can you talk about that? Because I found that really interesting. Yes, as I'm meeting with a lot of different folks in this space and we're discussing the advocacy at hand for child actors, uh, child performers in terms of labor laws, in terms of mental health practitioners on sets, et cetera, et cetera, I'm noticing that, of course, everyone is at different stages of their own healing and process. And, you know, some like to bring their pain into their advocacy because it's it's the passion it's the spark it's the fire that that really keeps them going and there's no judgment there however my personal approach is i wanted to give myself time and space to heal as much as possible and find a sense of wholeness as well as tools to manage my own pain tr- triggers you know difficult things that i would i might need to reprocess prior to this direct advocacy because you know i i like to i like to be as prepared and as grounded as possible and i also want to be as as clear minded if i'm advocating for someone else's well-being i don't necessarily want to be projecting my my own traumas onto them you know everyone's experience is so so unique but you know all that to say everyone can start where they are and be a part of a mission or a revolution and there's no judgment. It's just how can we become more aware of what's driving us on a daily basis and continue our own healing as we hope to to help others heal. Very, very important statements that you've made and and so important that we do as as a as a world globally advocate for mental health because it's been made out to be something that is only affecting a few, but meanwhile, every human since the beginning of time is battling with adverse circumstances, aka the pandemic, you know, and whatever. And everyone's got story, everyone's got a trauma, and everyone's going up and down with depression, anxiety. These are all very normal responses to adverse circumstances. And yes, certain things can accumulate in our life like it's done in yours, and we're going to speak specifically about your industry in more depth. But things accumulate, and then people have points where they crash. And that's something we were also just mentioning before we started was that there just isn't really the space. There's more talk now, but this, you know, the whole thing has gone around diagnosing and labeling, which actually the research shows, and I'm in this field for 38 years now, actually doesn't help to diagnose and label. It can actually set people back. What we have to do is honor people's narratives and the context and you know, understand the mind-brain connection, the impact on brain and body, and work in holistically in all dimensions. I'm so excited to finally announce that we are going to be back in person for my end-of-year mental health retreat in Dallas, Texas, December 3rd through 4th. This year's conference is all about helping you manage your mental health and clean up the post-COVID mental mess. I'll be doing sessions on trauma recovery, healing anxiety, unwiring toxic thinking habits and more. Plus, we will have amazing guest speakers, VIP workshops, swag bags and so much more. And we will be offering CMEs and CEUs. Early bird tickets are on sale right now until July 30th, so don't wait. Get your tickets now at drleafconference.com. The link will be in the show notes. Is one of your 2021 New Year's resolutions to read more? Well, I've got an amazing hack to help you achieve your goal 10 times over. It's an app called Blinkist. 
and it's one of my favorite apps ever. Why? Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library, from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers list, as well as the classic non-fiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed non-fiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Blinkist.com slash DrLeap to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash DrLeap. This is a bit of a, you know, a parallel. And of course, it's completely imperfect parallel. But when I think about my journey into understanding my sexuality, I actually appreciated being able to hear that there were labels for it. There was a word to describe my experience. However, thereafter, I didn't want to be glued to that label. And, you know, it's, it's a both and, right? And I think, you know, at least in the West here, we absolutely love our empirical data and that is essential to the scientific process. It is essential to evidence-based practices. But then, you know, if you're one, overriding a person's subjective experience because you so prioritize logic in cold hard facts over, let's say, intuition or someone's embodied recounting of their experience, then you're you're just missing the, in my opinion, a more rounded perspective, a nuanced perspective where there's a mindful awareness, there's a an embodied presence in your method of reasoning. And that's something I, I see as we're trying to diagnose, we're trying to treat, it's like, wow, we're we're really still in that either or mentality instead of that holistic approach. And yes, we all exist in space, in a situation, in an environment. How could we not be affected? Exactly. It's environment, mind processes environment, and then mind processes into brain, then brain into body. So it's environment, brain mind, brain, body, psychoneurobiology, and you've got to look at that. And you're so right to have said, and I'm glad you underlined that point, that it's the label can initially give you a sense of comfort, but then 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 it's then what? You know, it's not it's not like cancer which is very specific or diabetes which is very specific. Anxiety, depression aren't actually it's. They're not actually illnesses, they are descriptions. So we mm-hmm. can I always talk about them as a warning signal, as a symptom or a clue of an underlying cause. So yes, there is this anxiety and and yes, it's a symptom of, as opposed to it's an illness that's fixed in your brain. You're now a broken brain. And that's so demoralizing to think, okay, I'm battling with life. I've gone through these experiences. Now on top of it, I'm told I have a brain disease. I think that's mm-hmm. where it becomes difficult. So if you rather say, hey, listen, you've been through terrible stuff in life. It's impacted you. It's created this extreme state of anxiety. It's not chronic. It's acute. That's become an, a chronic situation. Mm-hmm. And that's affected you. But there's, that's just the, that's just the clue. That's just the warning signal. You've got to become serious thought detectives to go, deeper. And you've done that. You now have come to the other side where you advocate specifically for child actors. So I'd love to just quote something there. As a 27-year-old, you can look back on your experience of stardom at a young age and how it affected you. And you talk about the toddler to train wreck industrial complex around child performers. Fascinating. 
And you say in your essay, which is beautiful, by the way, it is expertly constructed and bolted into place by censoring the harm happening behind the scenes, manicuring aspirational lifestyles and outcomes, and then watching young lives tragically implode. That was just beautifully said. Can you talk about that? Because this is something that very few people are actually talking about, as you know. Yes, and and a couple of things to mention prior. First, I fully understand that the way we've positioned actors and performers and entertainment within society is there's this illusion of separation, right? It's we intentionally sort of remove people who experience fame as either if it's a superiority thing or it's it's a an unapproachability, something is just less relatable, slightly less human. Now that little window of space already allows for let's say a lack of empathy if someone comes forward on something. There's a, there's a lot of different consequences when for any reason we slightly or you know largely dehumanize one another. So so I just want to lay that context here. As a child comes forward, when they've already been positioned within the media as being a problematic diva per se, then there's no space to listen to what's actually going on behind closed doors. And we see that, of course, in a bunch of different settings with young kids who, you know, who don't have the agency or autonomy to to be believed by the the people around them, but they're crying out and then they resort to whatever tactics necessary to have their voices heard, whether positive or negative. So specifically the, the toddler to train wreck pipeline, as I call it, is this measurable industrial complex. And young artists are subjected to incredibly unique risks and and pressures and experiences. And I'll name some of them. Is it okay to go into? Of course. Absolutely. Go into. That's absolutely okay. These are, you know, trigger warning. These are, they can be harsh realities and I'll keep it high level. you talk about them. No, that's fine. We talk about all kinds of things on this podcast. So it's great. Okay. So it might include forced or free labor for for a child. These are minors. It could include sexual, physical, and psychological abuse and violence. It could include exploitation and extortion from teams, from networks. It could include coercion into using illegal substances and performing very, you know, degrading acts. I unfortunately have stories of, of artists who you know, had bags of of drugs pushed across a table to them and they were told, you're going to need this to keep up with your future rehearsal schedule. And then there's the rapid adultification where I'm on set and as the adults leave to go take their cigarette break, they offer me the same cigarette because I'm viewed as a peer instead of a seven-year-old. Then there's this public objectification where people are able to actually thingify, as a friend says, me and and turn me into whatever really they would like me to represent in, in their mind. And then there's set conditions that are quite harmful. For example, you might shift from regular day shoots that can already be long to suddenly going into to overnight shoots. So you've got a bunch of minors who are working overnight Perhaps wearing, you know, 
it's very thin summertime clothing, but it's in the middle of winter in, you know, Vancouver, Canada, because your movie is about the summer and it'll come out in the summertime, but we're actually, our lips are turning blue because we're, we're so cold, but you're told that's, that's what to do, you know, if you're a dedicated actor. And so then there's, there's a loss of control as well and, and autonomy over your body and appearance. So I have, you know, I'm going in on this audition and it not only tells me exactly what they're looking for in the breakdown, but based on my particular body type, there's already a preset trajectory for who I can and cannot portray in film. I was told that my nose shape prevented me from ever being a leading character. <laughs> Something so harsh to hear when you think, I want to believe in my skill set, but you're already limiting me based on something I could not control. Then there's the chronic sickness. I mean, the list goes on because your body, well, I'll speak for myself. I was in a, a, such a constant state of stress, but we didn't really have verbiage for it. And when you're on the hamster wheel and there is this excitement and this adrenaline rush, and there are this these blends of really powerful, impactful, beautiful experiences, it's hard to be able to really compute everything that's compounding within your body, within your mind over time, then you start to see it unravel at some point. And that's when, you know, the child is rebelling or acting out or whatever, but the media begins to portray them as an isolated incident of being a train wreck, as opposed to this is a systemic setup. And when I say it's a setup, I'm not saying that I'm a victim. I'm saying you can literally measure generation over generation over generation and the complex PTSD, the diagnoses, the different experiences that are, are copy and paste are just phenomenal to witness, especially knowing we haven't done anything to intervene. We have not shown up and said, how can we not only prevent this, but be available in these crisis moments or before they get to, you know, crisis? That's a lot, but that's some context for no, you. That is brilliant. And you've opened people's eyes because people don't see it like that. And I'm so glad you've spoken about the sort of way that the world objectifies and just the system that's within to expect a seven-year-old to deal with that. And I mean, this is just, it's terrible. It's actually shocking. And you actually talk about feeling like an 80-year-old, yet you're only 27 from all the experience. So this is not, you know, if you hear this, this is not just a one-off situation. I mean, you in the world, these child actors are really suffering as adults. You know, I know a few celebrities and, and they've been from very young and it's the same. It's this, it's terribly traumatic and people don't, oh, you're rich and famous and beautiful. Well, you know, what are you going through? But you have had your childhood almost stolen from you. Well, and... It also speaks to the fact that we portray fame and success as aspirational. So if, if people think that you have what they're supposed to get or supposed to be aiming for, then of course, that's a, that is, we are perfectly creating an environment for conflict and for apathy and for hatred toward each other or misunderstanding because we're not truly listening to the reality. We have on all sides been programmed via media, via tabloids, via just society and how we've decided to portray 
the arts and fame and success to where this, I, I don't blame or shame or criminalize anyone for their response or lack thereof to my experience. All I, I care about is how can we begin to really hear each other at the core level of what's going on and take a look at the deeper impact so that we can heal within this industry and trust that if something happens in media and entertainment, that can ripple into so many other industries. This isn't just about me saying fight for my cause. This is me saying, here's a strategy so that we can better fight for kids everywhere. Because if you can get the arts to do it, you can take this to sports. You can take this to academia. You can take this a lot of different places. Everywhere. Because it's it's really so rampant. I mean, one in four girls are sexually abused, one in six boys, and that's what we estimate. And, you know, the trauma, the bullying, the manipulation, as you say, it's every industry. So I love the fact that you have a broad, it's not just for one industry. You are, you are advocating for an entire protection over children that are getting objectified at such young ages. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com, Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. Going to doctor appointments are one of those necessary but so annoying things that we just have to do. A friend of mine recently suggested I check out Plush Care, and wow, what a game changer. Plush Care's primary care physicians are here for you seven days a week to help you start feeling better as soon as possible. In addition to handling ongoing and urgent care, they also treat a wide range of common mental health issues like anxiety, depression, stress, or even trouble sleeping. So if you're feeling down, worried, or not like yourself, you can book a same-day appointment and see a plush care doctor right from the comfort of your home using your phone or computer. They'll discuss treatment options with you and have your prescription sent to your local pharmacy as needed. Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states. Plush Care makes it easier than ever to take care of yourself inside and out. Start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash drleaf to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash drleaf for a 30-day free trial. plushcare.com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. Now, your life at 17, I mean, your life was 17, I think, when you, you, you had to check into rehab with an eating disorder. And I mean, that's, that, that just shows you it eventually got to a point sort of 10 years or 11 years into the industry. It just was, it just got too much. And that's, that's pretty, a pretty common thing, isn't it? That that happens at these breakdowns. Cause if you say, I mean, I'm a neuroscientist, so I can tell you that your brain is taking 25 years to grow. And then for the rest of your life, it's still growing. But at each stage, there's all the impact of the trauma. So you were living constantly in trauma. So your brain was constantly, your, your mind is experiencing that environment and then your, your brain, your mind works through your brain, your brain responds and your brain tells your body what to do. So your body was in a constant state of inflammation and all your brain waves would have been, you know, constantly 
challenged and you know, depression, anxiety, well, just manifestations. They're just signals that, hey, there's imbalance everywhere. And you've lived, un- you've lived under that for so many years. So, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that there was an eventually a cumulative buildup and then a crash. And that's not uncommon either in, not even just in the, in your field, but in, in how many child sports, you know, in the sports world. And as you say, in so many academia, with the crashes, there's so much pressure and so on. Can you speak right. a little bit to that? Yes, and it manifests in such an individualized way. You know, some some of us get just physical injuries and you can't figure out why you have lower back pain and how that might relate to the, you know, social or emotional turbulence that you're experiencing. And for others, it's it's, you know, it seems to be solely mental health. And so, yeah, for me in, in a way, choosing to go to rehab, I was I was on the brink of the decline that would lead to, you know, that combustion in in a way for me, I actually, for some reason, you know, perhaps again, the the loving mentors in my life were able to point out, hey, if if you don't pause right now, you are still developing. You have a chance to change some of these patterns. The longer you wait, the more difficult it might be to reorganize these, you know, thoughts and beliefs and different, you know, your your whole paradigm. So I chose at 17 to go before I would have been admitted to the adult unit, particularly because I learned that as adults, yes, that it, it can feel a tad more grim. It's a different approach. It's you've got more experience, got more time logged in certain ways of being. And it's not to say that it's impossible because it isn't. I'm so amazed constantly by the plasticity and, and flexibility that we possess. Yes, of the brain and down even into your body language and how you can truly go from being in a constant fight or flight to now that I'm I'm able to have this conversation candidly and openly as opposed to having rehearse something and and feel closed off and and in some state of anxiety you know the whole time so you know the change is available but a couple things that came to mind when you were speaking i can hear people listening and going how dare her family even allow that to happen you know i would never let my my kid do this and it's so when i tell you it's so easy to say that when when you're not on the ground with us seeing what the day-to-day interactions are like and how how this this happens without the family really feeling like either we have the choice or the awareness and tools to know what's happening in real time so i just want to be very clear that a lot of parents deeply love their kids, mine included. They are rooting for us. They are making sacrifices with the best, you know, discernment that they have to support, you know, the passion and the Your career dream, that the might opportunity. be opportunity. Yeah. And parents, yes, some might be stage parents who, you know, are kind of like hoping that their kids' success is something they can live vicariously through. Mine, at least to my knowledge, are not that way. We were a normal family, nothing to do with entertainment. And we just took every day, one moment at a time. And because there are no resources or kind of media literacy courses or industry literacy courses, it's 
it's hard. You would, there's no way that you would be able to anticipate all of these that are happening. I mean, let alone, we're talking about mind body connection on, you know, for the average family, how much does the parent or guardian understand about brain uh, development, trauma and brain development and the symptoms and the signs? And no, there's no education, not happening at school. It's not happening enough in the public eye. You know, that's why I do what I do. That's why I have my platforms to try and educate people. But you're so right. It's just not out there. So it's it's important to note that, you know, this really could be any of us. And so it's important to be proactive about setting people up for success. If you want to, you know, let your child explore this creative passion in this context, how can we do this in the most ethical way and in, in a, at a pace that doesn't overwhelm the child or lead to maladaptive coping mechanisms? You know, how can we do just some basic education for parents and guardians, also for agencies and, and representatives? And then the networks, everyone plays a role here. It's not a single person. And trust me, a lot of us kids do love what we do. I'm still on shows, you know? Yeah. I, you love I, it. It's your, it's your choice of career. It's your dream. But it was just the whole, the, as you say, the whole context was not well managed. There's right. no preparation. So, there's no education around it. Exactly. So it's, it's not, I'm not here to say down with Hollywood altogether. <laughs> I'm here to say, how can we heal, repair, and reimagine a new version of for me, this is my particular expertise and, and experience, so my industry, but really everywhere. As we continue learning and evolving, understanding the brain, understanding the body, like we've, of course, we want to see that progress take place in in all settings. You know, we, this is an op- this is a call forward for all of us. Oh, I totally agree with you. I absolutely. You know, we've got to train our kids from very young. We should have lessons in school about understanding the mind-brain connection and emotions. And I spent years in South Africa and years here working with training teachers and parents to train kids from young in mind management because that's really what we're talking about here is being able to understand, hey, this is the experience. This is the pressure. I mean, you talk about auditioning for a scene in which your character is kidnapped and raped and then rushing off out to try for a princess toy ad immediately after. I mean, where's the how does a child... Where's the psychological support to to manage that for the child? You know, what was the pre and post? And that's what you're talking about. There isn't. There's just this assumption, hey, you're very gifted, you're talented, you know, you can do this. And they don't, the, the education is not there for the impact. So you're advocating now for a change in education there, whole, having psychologists on site to help the child transition and, and understand, et cetera. I love that you bring up pre and post. I do wish that I had those tools much earlier. The concept of de-rolling. So really taking off the mask of your character for the day and saying, okay, now I'm back to being me, young Allison. I have two older sisters. This is my you know, role within my family. And this is my role within this household. And then tomorrow I'll put back on the mask or the costume and I will re-enroll myself. But that aftercare, oh my gosh. That de-escalation is so important. That preparation, because your mind, as you're doing the experience, as you're having the experience, you don't have the brain development or mind development, because mind's separate from brain, at a six, seven-year-old to understand that kind of transition. 
So you have to have someone saying, okay, this is real and that's real because that builds in your brain. I mean, you're building every experience of thought trees in your brain. And when it's a toxic, I've got a toxic tree over here. I'll show it, grab it in a moment. But it, it's a reality in your brain that your mind builds in. And if you, as a child, if you, you, it's very hard to distinguish for a child of that age, pre 12 years of age, to distinguish between that and that as one as being my real reality and one as being an imagined reality. And that requires intensive therapeutic preparation before, during, and after. And now I'm going to add, I'm going to raise the stakes even further. And that is if the child does, let's say, a quote unquote successful job at portraying this scene, there's a strong chance that they will then be positively rewarded. Ooh, okay. Praise from not only people on set, but then they might even get an award from, you know, a prestigious academy for their intense portrayal. So talk about a mind game where you start to associate that kind of vulnerability, that that helplessness, whatever that portrayal might be with livelihood and and rewards. And acceptance of you as a person. So yes. when I do that, I get that. But if I do that, I don't get that. But I can't do that because that's not me. So I think that's me, but it's not me. So the interpretation of the experience becomes very toxic. And that can lead to tremendous confusion and breakdown. Eventually, cumulatively, will end up in disaster. Right. And you really, you truly, it's, it's all of these different things that are a combination of what the imagined scenario is, plus the, you know, the aftermath of how people respond around you. And I remember, you know, being in different acting classes where you're celebrated if you know how to cry on cue. And there are different methods of being able to reach that state. Some teachers ask you to use substitutions. So go into your own trauma, even though this character didn't experience the same thing, it might elicit the same response if you imagine a horrible thing that happened to you. Now, that is so psychologically unsafe. Oh gosh, you're horrible. But that's one of many techniques that are used by artists constantly. So you think about this, this re-traumatization as well as the open wounds and you, and you start to see why we might have this archetype of the, you know, brooding moody artist who's always using their art for catharsis, who, you know, can't heal too much because then they might lose their artistry. And I'm convinced that you don't need to be fragmented and broken to a million in a million pieces in order to be, you know, artistically powerful and impactful. But we really cling to that sense of of pain and and even, you know, self-inflicted torture to get into that headspace because that's when you're taken seriously as an artist. You know, Alison, when you're saying this, my my heart is breaking, but as a scientist, I am going to tell you that we have the most phenomenal power in our brain to separate, but you have to teach someone how to do that, especially Mm. a child, because a child will blend those, those different roles. And it's very hard to separate unless you have incredibly intensive therapy. And that going back and re-traumatizing, calling that up, awareness creates and for example, I use QEEG in my neuroscientific research. So we'll look at when someone's in a, a state of awareness and then it's traumatizing and it's chronic. There's, you get all what we call these red spots across the brain where, and you get the, an imbalance in the coherence in the brain, which then affects your hormones and your whole body goes into inflammation. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Your DNA, even your telomeres, which are the, are the, the responsible right. for cells, I did telomere research too. 
Those, your biological age, it'll affect your biological age. Your body becomes older than what you actually are. When you said, you know, you're an 80, like an 80 year old is a 27. This is all oh, real. Yeah. This is the research I've done, but you can reverse this. That the power of our mind is there. So, so what you're saying, if I'm hearing you, we can be, if we are aware of this kind of education, how can we change the way that you train someone to be, to, to go into that state? Because re-traumatizing an awareness is definitely going to have damage. Whereas, whereas you can use that same power of creativity that you're gifting to act. To actually then, you don't have to recreate the trauma to get the crying. You can do other things, but that's education. And that's, and then, and there needs to be an understanding of the impact on the mind, brain, and body. People need to see it. You know, that's, oh gosh. I mean, you and I could have this discussion all day long. This is like, thank you for what you're doing and being prepared to talk about this because this is so important. Well, I, I, I have a question for you as well as a, a comment on the aging. That is a genuine fear. And I, I haven't shared this really anywhere, but I sometimes wonder how many years of my life I have shaved off and or am shaving off with the level of intensity that I experience, you know, or did in the past. But then also even now it's so easy for me to maintain this sort of workaholic mentality. It's something I actively have to break as a pattern and what I would consider for myself a trauma response. Because mind you, on top of the industry, we also have our home life and that has its own own level of trauma. Of course, there's there's just you being a human in a family has its own level of trauma, no matter what or how well intentioned you are as a parent and as whatever, that's just humanity. And then as you said, there's your industry that's completely kind of mismanaged in, in a sense and you've got the two coming together. Yes, the impact is massive. I mean, right down to the level of, of the every, every minute, every second you're making a million new cells. But the hope is in neuroplasticity and the fact that your mind drives your brain. So your mind's not your brain. Your brain is the physical part. Your mind is this, literally this, this energy field that, that we pick up. If you're dead, you, there's no mind. So it does. So as we change our mind, our mind is, has the power to actually then change the brain. I did some of the first neuroplasticity research back in the 80s, late 80s, when they didn't even accept that the brain could change. With directed mind input and intense directed mind input, you're changing the patterns of the brain. So here's a toxic thought. So literally, this is a healthy thought. I mean, these are just analogies, but you can see this is all distorted. So every experience you've had as, as you've gone through your acting career and being a child in a family, just being a human, everything has been converted. You experience, you're, you're in the environment, you experience with your mind and that that's an energy force that moves through your brain. Your brain responds electromagnetically and chemically, and you build every experience into your brain. Healthy thoughts, toxic thoughts. These are the traumas, and there's different levels, like really bad traumas, small traumas, big traumas. And you would have a lot of these from what you've gone through. Now, this energy is this is the, the mind is the environment, mind into brain. So it's also stored in the mind as sort of an energy field or quantum electromagnetics. Then in the brain is a protein structure. And then that instructs the DNA of the body. So it's in three places. Now, we, I showed with my research that and the telomeres and all the different biomarkers, but specifically you're asking about the telomeres, that determines cellular health. So if we have a lot of trauma that is, is constant, as you have had, yes, it will impact your health. And your telomeres, they shorten, get weaker, your, cellular, your cells get weaker. But the difference is I showed that within nine weeks, you can reverse that. So as you, so we had some subjects that, their biological age, they were in their 30s, their biological age was a sickly 65-year-old. Within nine weeks, it had gone back to their own age. So with directed mind input, what you're doing, you're healing. So the, the, the very 
process of, of getting to the point where you've recognized, where you, where you went into the rehab, where you've recognized the need, where you, as an, as a young adult, the last 10 years, you've been really working hard at your healing, you would have reversed that process. So this is the beauty of the mind-brain connection is that trauma still there. You can still talk about it, but you've changed. You've reconceptualized it. So it's literally that all the traumas you experience as a child going through what you did, you've reconceptualized into a healthy tree. And if I pull out this little piece over here, that has been changed into this. So now you are, you've, you've gone through the process. This is still painful. This is still traumatic, but it's now a driving force as opposed to a chain. It's not chaining you back into pain. It's now become being converted into an energy force. You've now become an advocate to change. So you're now changing the future. And that process changes the telomeres back to the health that they should be. So that's, so life is a process of doing that all the time. So that's why I talk so heavily about mind management. And that's what you've done. You know, you're doing it so beautifully with what you are, how you are functioning now and talking about. So it's good news. It's very hopeful news. And that's also something we need to be educated in. People are not educated in this. And exactly. it's so vital. That's why I do what I do. So, and I and and similarly, that's exactly what's driving my company, Movement Genius. Is how can we simplify and make this information accessible so people can feel safe and comfortable and confident in their mind and body, and not feel like a victim or a bystander in their life. You know, a victim. I mean, to their own mind. There are, of course, different events that are beyond your control. Yeah. Not minimizing or downplaying that whatsoever. And then, how can we empower ourselves to feel like we can manage whatever our day brings us? Because yes, events are inevitable, but that resilience, man, is what a what a powerful word and a potent word that that really changes your day to day reality and quality of life so yeah we're i'm i'm i feel like we could talk for ages oh i believe that too underwear is just underwear right actually the clothes you wear directly on your body are so much more than that me undies believes that when we feel comfortable being our most authentic selves we show our true colors and can proudly celebrate one another that's why they're partnering with the los angeles lgbt center through their MeUndies Gives initiative, they're working together to build a world where LGBTQIA and individuals thrive as healthy, equal, and complete members of society. MeUndies has made a donation to the center that will provide tents, sleeping bags, hygiene products, and other essentials for the homeless youth. I personally have never felt better or more myself than when I am wearing MeUndies. Their pink coral fabric just speaks to my soul. Their comfortable, customizable products allow me to look and feel my best because I feel and look like myself. Whether you're looking for classic colors or bold and adventurous prints, MeUndies has you covered, so you can celebrate you and your most authentic self. And MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchases, you get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. To get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to meundies.com slash drleaf. That's meundies.com slash drleaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. On a note, just what you said there, that resilience factor is so true. When I showed with my research, and I've shown this over 38 years of being in the field, that when you do what you've just described, understand that resilience, recognize you've, you've said the word empowerment a couple of times. And one of the things I actually have, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you my latest book where I've actually got these pictures of this in, but essentially when you, when you talk about the agency and the empowerment, 
that enables a person to start then looking at those toxic issues and actually seeing them, okay, what can I learn? What's the obstacle? What's the barrier? And how do I go forward? And I show that when you start making that shift and you prove that, you actually prove this point in case in point, that you can get 81% control, feeling of control over the anxiety and depression, which is not the issue. It's the signal of an issue. The issue is the source. You know, to think of a tree, it's got a source. That's the, that's the experience in, in the industry. That's your interpretation of yourself. Like you said, your, the nose interpretation, I'm not good enough. That, that produced depression or eating, dis, you know, eating issues, the eating disorder. So that eating disorder is not the it. It's the single symptom of, hey, my interpretation of me was wrong because that was wrong. Re- deconstruct, reconstruct. And that process enables you to increase your empowerment over, over these kind of things by up to 81%. And, and it is a simple process if you know what it's hard, but it's, it's simple, the process, the system of getting your mind management going. And, but it's, but it's hard work to, to do it. You know, it's, it's a combination because of the time factor and, and the years of, neuroplasticity rewiring your brain and right and then of course there are the practical issues of cost and lack of access and but i i will say if there's any you know bit of encouragement i can offer just very you know humbly in my imperfect human journey is that i i i share this not to not to gloat but really to reflect on the beauty of our brains and bodies because I would have never guessed that the kind of trauma and things that I've experienced could ever be in a state that I could heal to a place where my day-to-day experience is full of joy. It's full of safe, trustworthy, and trusting, healthy, secure connections with people. It's a reflection of of real transformation and again it's i'm not i'm talking about myself a bit distanced because i want you and people to know it really is possible and of course it's at your pace you you can peel back just the top right corner you know exactly. inch by inch and and manage what you can as you can but resources are available obviously what you're doing making this accessible is brilliant and so important and there are so many people who want to see you thrive and and we need you to thrive this is a a group effort where we are all truly in this together and i know everyone comes to the table with different identity markers circumstances even goals of what mental mo- emotional and physical well-being look like for you authentically but it is worth it you're deserving and it's possible i promise cuz i didn't know when I was in the throes of it, when I was on bed rest for, you know, 40 days, unable to stand, I couldn't have told you that I would be able to have healthy, secure relationships with anyone or that my body would feel strong. My immune system would rebuild itself. I mean, we're talking someone who went from, you know, seizures and and hair loss and and all kinds of physical symptoms to my body being able to say, actually, we got this. We can repair ourselves. And yes, healing looks different. Health looks different. It's not a one size fits all. Just letting you know you're worth it and, and it's possible. Oh, Anderson, how beautiful. What a beautiful way to put a, a little bit of an end to this conversation because you need to go. And I hope that you'll come back again because that was amazing, encouraging, 
you know, you've opened eyes, you've stressed the community, you've stressed that it can be done, and you've pointed out that you've come from complete brokenness, and now you're an advocate and trying to make change. And and it's a community effort. So thank you so much for what you do, for your time. I hope that you'll come back again and share some more of your incredible wisdom and journey. And where can people find out more about you and your company that you've started and maybe help them? Yes, absolutely. If you're interested in using movement, non-athletic movement to help improve your mental and emotional well-being, you can go to movementgenius.com. Or if you're on Instagram, you can follow us. We have our wait list currently and we're in beta and we're going to be launching a little bit more publicly this summer. So you can be the first to try. We develop these programs with you know licensed somatic psychotherapists and different movement designers and And then, yeah, you can follow me on social media at Alison Stoner. That's wonderful. Alison, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute delight talking to you, an absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Yes, likewise. I can't wait to read your book. (laughs) I'll make sure you get that as soon as possible. Thank you so much. Have a great one. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.